0: Oh, I got some banter. I'm banter the <laughs> hell out of this place. Yeah, you're so hard, Lucy. Oh, I was talking about the gay Republican last night, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. The, you know the whole trees for axes. The axe is one of us because it has the wooden handle.
0: Yes. Oh my God, he was driving me crazy. Like he was, he was talking about how Caitlyn Jenner had some good points on the campaign trail.
1: He um. Her best point is when she stopped talking.
0: Yeah, that was a very he, valid. Thought. He uh he he said at one point, oh yeah, I voted for Bush because after nine eleven, he made me feel safe. And I was just sitting there thinking like, dude, can you keep your bottom sensibilities out of the voting booth, please, for the love of God? Big Daddy Bush. Daddy the Bush makes me feel like so Bush safe and secure. is like, 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 shut up. Anyway, I think we're doing a podcast. Hi, Sabrina. Hi. It's nice to meet you.
2: Sabrina. <laughs> hi, Sabrina. Welcome to the Trans Narrative Podcast. I'm Caroline. And today we are joined by Athena Permakis, Lucy Balzano, and... Ariel Aki, so glad to have everyone here, and before we get started started, I'd like to know a little bit about you, Sabrina, do you think you could give us that uh, classic old intro about yourself?
3: Um, Sure, I'm a level 44 magical girl, Um, currently going through her magical transformation, so I kind of use that, Um, I've been running this speech through my head all week, and of course I didn't remember it, because that's how my brain works, but...
4: It's the best um, way to do it you'll find it no. like halfway through the show and when it hits you just go ahead and say the whole spiel we'll we'll be able to cut that we
1: can fix this all we have a very good like, I mean, yeah,
3: but
1: everybody yeah, has a plan known, until they get punched in the face everybody has a speech until they're in front of a camera but,
3: but yeah i've known i was trans since i was four years old didn't have a name for it but i knew that there wasn't something right um wasn't until middle school and high school that it started realizing that it wasn't, you know, it was gender non-conforming issues and not anything else. Um, Came out on the internet around 2000, 2001, when Second Life became a thing. And that was the first time I ever used the name Sabrina. And uh, I've got friends out there that have known me for more than 20 years as that name. If you're out there, you know, I'm not going to start naming names because I know I'm going to miss one of you. And you're going to be mad. But if you're out there, I love your faces.
1: Do you have a collection of their faces for us to see?
3: Some of them I've never met in real life. Some of them I only know by their handle. Some I've known for, you know, personally outside of the internet for years. They're old college buddies. Some, you know. I I do want to point out
1: other contents. I can tell that you're my age solely because you said handle most of them nowadays most of the the younger generation are like oh yeah that's my screen name or some shit like that and we're like what's your handle and they look at you like do I look like a bottle
3: of fucking whiskey to you do I? I grew up with CBs. like when you had a handle like that's was my yeah. childhood driving around with a CB in your car so you could yell at people over the short rave radio
4: I grew up but. with the movie Hackers, so also that's where I picked up hey. the word handle. So,
1: so Pen and Teller pushing buttons, <laughs> like launching little stuff. They open up a trash can file and it's just lights and you're like, what the fuck is going on? It's magic. It's
4: science. It's technology. It's beautiful.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't have a computer when I was younger, so like I seriously thought when you opened the trash can file there'd be all this shit floating through your screen, and then I I got a computer and opened it and was like, well, this is a major letdown. <laughs> like it was like seeing seeing disturbed in concert. Like oh wow, this is terrible.
4: We got like, distracted there, so you were saying yeah,
3: no, no, it's fine, it's fine. Um, I don't even where I was. I was uh, hackers, like I said, presenting handles. online. Yeah. And then about two years ago, about right before the pandemic started, 2019, I decided I was going to start medically transitioning and um, started losing weight, started going through all that process because I knew they wouldn't let me on hormones until I wasn't 370 pounds. Mm. Um, Lost probably over half that. I'm down to 220 now. Uh, Then started my medical transition this last summer, so I think this week or this month will be eight months on HRT. So
4: Awesome. Yeah, we started right about the same time. You were a little bit uh, after, but we uh, met about a year ago or so, I'd say. Um, But yeah, you kind of told me at least at that point, like a lot of your uh, experience was just to go ahead and present online and most of your interactions being online. Uh, that made it very comfortable. Uh, there's also, of course, like some maybe other uh, things to watch out for if you're in unsafe spaces uh, how you're treated online. Would you maybe want to speak a little bit about how like uh, our listeners could help keep safe uh, with their online personalities, interactions, and things like that? Oh, oh God! Block yeah.
1: every other one.
3: You know, I I always talk about like how I don't get the hate that a lot of people claim they have. And I don't know if it's just because I don't get it or it's because I've already cut those people out of my life that would do it. So, you know, I've cut them out for other reasons than before they found out, you know, I was trans, but really staying safe online trans is the exact same stuff you're going to do to stay safe online, not being trans. You're just not going to fall for, you know, stupid things like deleting your SID32 file and reinstalling your, you know, and restarting your computer. Mm-hmm. Those things are all over the place. And those are just as much of a trap for anybody that isn't a, for a trans person.
4: There's kind of like that basic uh, perpetual September that we all deal with. Like there's always mm-hmm. somebody's kid who oopsied their computer or oh, accidentally yeah. shared a password and, now everybody's compromised. Things like that to to recover from, um, but like some people in in different places, I know I I grew up having to learn how to delete my internet history frequently. <laughs> things like that, you know, I didn't have my own computer space like uh, online.
3: Some of those old habits and tactics. I didn't have a tactics. family that could understand how to find it, so I didn't worry about it. Maybe <laughs> like your delete your, your your browser what? I'm like mom, your browser history well, what's that? And I'm like, okay, I know I never have to delete anything while I'm on the computer with you around. <laughs> still probably should have good hygiene, but nevertheless. Well, yeah, but still. but
1: You just have to convince them that anything that they find that makes them suspicious, you're like, well, no, it was the government who put it in my computer. It's all a plan for them to steal my toothpaste.
0: I know. I I lived with my grandma as a kid. I was under the mistaken impression that she was too much of a boomer to know how to look up a search history. She was not. She found the gay shit I was looking up. You live and you learn. If
3: yeah, my family was doing that. They weren't caring, which mm-hmm. probably was right because I don't think they would have cared. Mm. You know, my mom is super accepting. Unfortunately, my dad passed away in two thousand one before you know. He even got to know Sabrina, but he wasn't a person I really masked around anyway. So he was really, he knew me. I just didn't present that way. Cause, you know, the close family and friends are like, you're just, you're not any different. You just wear your hair down. And I'm like, yeah, it's cause I don't mask around you. <laughs> I yeah. never have. So,
4: yeah, oh, like the yeah. Out in public, I know I've I've had like a different persona that's mostly just been closed down, just been shut down. You know, on, on that front to just prevent, uh, you know, my myself from like trying to be overly expressive in the ways that I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, is that a struggle that you've ever felt to like differentiate oh, yeah. between presentation?
3: If you've ever seen the the episode of Seinfeld where uh, uh George is talking about relationship George and friendship George, mm-hmm. I have those types of things going on. I have family and friends, Sabrina, and I had relationship, you know, with kind of strangers, Sabrina, you know, I just, I was a different person when I was around those people. And I still tend to kick into that now. And I'm just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this now? You know, in subconscious, it's not even anything I consciously think about. I just, when I'm sitting at a game table playing with a bunch of strangers, I pop into that mode where, you know, I watch what I say. I don't, you know, outwardly you know present to effeminate well that's not the word either because it's just I guess the word I'm looking for is more gosh but yeah that would be effeminate you're more reserved you would say yeah I'm more (laughs) reserved I used I grew up in school and all that and you hear the story about people saying oh I finally saw the girl in the mirror one day you know I never had that I was always the girl in the mirror growing up. I remember in high school and middle school, I got picked on all the time and called slurs. And I would sit there in front of the mirror and try to figure out ways that I could hide it better. Like if I shaved my head, would that make me look more like a boy? If I grew my beard out, would that make me look more like a boy? Stop standing like that. You don't look like a boy. You know, don't like this color. Don't wear purple. You might, you want to look like a boy. Yeah. I did that stuff all the time growing up. And then when I first started presenting, it was even – it was just, there's Sabrina. There's where she's always been.
4: It's where you've always wanted to live, just kind of moving mm-hmm. in. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had a, – for a long time, I kept a, a mustache or at least a soul patch just because it was a reminder to ground me. I can hold on to this. I'm. I'm still a boy. I'm still still a boy. <laughs>
3: it doesn't I really have well. to
1: patch the masculinity I've from
3: for maybe about six months, and I could not take it. I just was like, this is horrible, and I did no shave November one year for charity, and that was the only time I've ever had facial hair. I've kept it shaved to the point of bleeding mm. all my life. So,
4: I I never could have had an impressive harvest for just a month. It would have just been like. Uh, okay, oh. did you shave for, like, you stop shaving for a week? <laughs> no, Luckily, no it's pictures like
3: that. of that exist. There's pictures of the goatee, but there's no pictures of the no shave November.
4: Well, that's just the evil uh-huh. Sabrina. We all know that, the goatee They're means just... evil.
3: Yeah, that's yeah. the... Does it the, make uh, me more distinguished if Mirror I stroke universe. it thusly? Mirror universe... I'm I'm referencing data when he gets a beard. Does it make me look more distinguished when I just stroke it thusly?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love his ode to Spot.
3: Felis Cactus, is your taxonomic nomenclature an endothermic quadruped, carnivorous by nature? (laughs) I could go on.
4: Important trans issues, DS9, and uh, yeah, we have to discuss Star Trek for sure. This is for Jesse Gender, if you're listening. Don't get me started. We're already on this. (laughs) Don't get me started. (laughs) Ready
1: already on the top. Have you been watching the new Star Trek? Trek. They have some, like, visibly and openly clear characters. There's no, like, subtext Mm. behind it like when uh well spoilers for those of you who haven't watched this uh season that is like three years old at this point but them talking about uh gray and modifying the body and whatnot and it's just it's awesome i love it
2: Greatest I was surprise. told not to watch Star Trek specifically and not learn anything about it. I was told I couldn't do that because it would be funnier if I just go into this <laughs> it blind, would be, So be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> be keeping Star
3: Trek Star so Trek bigger. jokes, and you're not gonna get a single one of them. I mean, the, the thing cute. with Grey is so perfect because how could you do transgender in Star Trek? Because if they can take, you know, Cisco and all the characters from Deep Space Nine and make them believably and medically Klingon, then yeah. the Transition's just an outpatient service. They just walk in and hey, Julian, can I be a girl today? And Julian's like, step into the machine. Alright, yeah. goodbye.
0: That's right. You know, the episode with um, uh, shoot, uh, the, the DS9 episode with uh, I'm blanking on the name. If someone else, my conversation, it'll come to me.
1: Well, it's <laughs> kind of like, have you ever played um, what's that game, Borderlands, where they have like <laughs> canonically canonically trans characters, and they're talking about how you can just walk into a body booth and come out as the gender you want, but the only issue is with uh i forgot loreline i think the character's name was They're a trans mass character Mm -hmm. um and they're like i want to walk into the booth and i want to come back out as a guy but i'm worried about what my mates would think and it's like when you get into you know hard sci-fi and they start you know bringing uh, stuff up like that it's like yeah that would be the logical conclusion just like Mm -hmm. how you can tell that um what was it Quark? that was the character i was trying to think of
0: the the, the 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 DS9 episode that with Jadzia when she met over.
3: her previous host's partner.
0: Yes, yep. Yeah. My my middle name's My middle name is Jay, because of Jadzia.
4: Oh wow! My my that's wife's adorable. handle is uh, is uh, Dax. So like, yeah, like that's <laughs> she Perfect. that's a well loved character. But yeah, like the symbiote episodes were always trans adjacent, right? Uh, because there mm-hmm. were. Talk there was talk like yo, old man, uh, and then why why is that? Yeah, all of sort of that disconnect. And it was kind of like novel, but so familiar and easily accepted within that universe. It it kind of felt like an easy way to 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 think of it in in a way that was comforting, at least for me, like watching those episodes. Like, what if it was just like a transfer of my consciousness into a different body? What if it was like a Mm -hmm. transformation or a rebirth kind of experience? what what if what if I got to be that? What if I got to hope for a reincarnation like that? Um mm-hmm. but yeah I think I think hormones are better personally. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. That's <laughs> my favorite thing. When people, magical. Oh my. when people mad. say
1: that this is Wild. like and they're like, oh don't you think everybody would want to be a girl if they could and it's like oh honey honey no you're like, just yeah a don't
0: doesn't man. every doesn't every man deeply resent being a man. Isn't that just normal?
3: Yeah. Somebody thought, we'll back me up here. That's normal, speak. right?
2: <laughs> I thought that was normal. I thought trying to be a man was what every man. I thought everybody was like men tried to be men. I was like men don't have to try, and I was like, well, that's
3: men yeah, still I have to try because they have to prove their masculinity. Otherwise, they get that's cold. right. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, Neat.
1: it was it was weird for me to meet a guy who would be like, "What? No? Why would I even want? Why would I even consider being a woman? I love being a dude." And it's like, well, shit on me. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I don't like.
2: I, I had that experience when I was eight. I thought I sounded like a girl, and someone was like, "No, you're a boy." And I'm like, "No, I, I'm like all oh, these uh, the people over here," and they're like, "No, you're over there." And I'm like, "Oh, well, that's sad." So then I naturally tried to be them, but I saw it was miserable. See, I hated
3: it. That was the disconnect I had when like starting kindergarten, because like I went into school the first time, and all the boy kids were taking their toys and throwing them around the playground. And I thought that was dumb. They're idiots. Why are they breaking their toys? And all the girls wouldn't have anything to do with me because I was a boy. So I just was yes. kind of the odd person out growing up because I, I should have been with them, but it couldn't be. So absolutely,
4: I wanted to be homosocial. I realize now, you know, like th- when I was a child, so I would try and hang out with all the girls until about third grade. And that's whenever everybody was like, no, that's gay. That's a gay thing. So I'm like, yeah, I, I blew up at school and, and it started to push everybody away. And then, you know, I'd form like a core group of male friends, just like a small group of people to hang out with. But I, I never really had any kind of expansive group of friends that I would, I would, uh, you know, reach out to uh, until much later in life.
3: Uh, but college. yeah, get yeah, college for you? Mm-hmm. I mean, in high school, I had friends, but they were gamer buddies. You know, they yeah. were people that I would play magic with. But if it wasn't for magic, they'd never have me hang out. You know, mm-hmm. it's just we were in the band together. or We were at the, you know, we were at the coffee shop together. I mean, I was I was in a band okay. at high school, but, you know, that was just kind of like whoever wanted to bring an instrument could bring it. So I brought a trumpet. They let me in the band. So.
4: All right, Ska, 95?
3: <laughs> yeah. No, no, we were doing more like Dr. Demento stuff.
4: Oh, okay, so oh. Weird Al
3: kind of covers. Right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. parodies and and silly stuff. And like our favorite song we would sing was The Cow with the Rubber udder, which is off of Dr. Demento. And I can't remember off the top of my head who originated it, but that was our favorite. But it was just a bunch of random instruments that we would sit outside Uh, the guy's coffee shop whose mom owned it and he was the only one that out of us that actually had any kind of like non you know classically trained musical talent like we were all from the band geeks that showed up and he would always bring this like box of just like eclectic toy instruments that anybody in the coffee shop could just pick up and play a kazoo with us or a, a little you know tambourine and they could shake it and we would just have the randomest people show up and just play and we just hang out. Did anyone bring like Cowbell to the, oh, yeah. to the yeah. This Back. was honestly this was before that sketch, so we didn't have that. This was ninety-one through like ninety-two and ninety-three. I don't think Will Ferrell was on Saturday Night Live at that time. It was still it was still uh Adam Sandler and Dana Carvey and Wayne's World was still going as a thing. Hey. And-
1: I mean, the Wayne's yeah. World movies
3: hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> You're making they, me think of... They did
1: swing in the in the SNL skits, too, didn't they? What's that? Didn't they do the swing salutes uh, in the SNL
3: skits? Yep. Yeah. So... That was a part of... That was just every sketch, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Remember those days. God, I'm
3: old. So when you got to college,
4: you were able to kind of expand your your circle, maybe be a little bit more expressive about the things you wanted to be, as opposed to like having to fit in with gender conformity, things like that. Well,
3: I college was the first time I ever met a person that was openly gay, like an actually open gay person. And I kind of became friends with them just because I felt safe and comfortable around them. And they introduced me to what we call the... Da Vinci Society and it was a quote unquote, you know, romantic uh style art appreciation club. Mm. Really, it was oh, erotica. Yeah, no no no, no, really it was a gay support group, but they didn't oh. want to publicly uh out uh, anyone out themselves at it. There would be people that come to this meeting with masks on. They were that afraid of being outed because we were going to the, you know the, that, that could be your
1: death like nah mm-hmm.
0: yeah, uh, sabrina i'm sorry uh where'd you say uh where'd you say you're from sabrina
3: i'm from missouri missouri okay yeah, middle same america the Yep. yeah gotcha but i went to school in in rolla which was a school that's right up the street here very an engineering school you know
4: yeah, it's the best school to beat if your football team sucks <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, what, did you, uh, what did you major in there, Sabrina? I'm sorry if I didn't catch that. Oh,
3: oh no. Um, I started out with comp sci, and then when Ooh. I got through with that, of course, you know, trans stereotype uh, yeah. computers, yeah. And that was the thing in college, too, is if you, were a tra- if you were a comp sci, you were one of two people. You either wore dresses or you didn't shower, and I was the <laughs> one that wore dresses. So this that was even before the trans meme was a thing. It was just, you're one of the two. <laughs> That that has a computer, is,
2: computer, is being a yeah. computer geek a trans stereotype? Is that like It a really is. Being a
1: very much so. Yes. It, it is very I, much so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I went to uh, school for IT back in the
1: day too. It's, yeah, I have a computer science degree as well as a math and natural science degree.
4: My you break see- off to that is in synthesizers and sequencing music because I take after Wendy Carlos.
2: Yes. <laughs> i podcasting and editing, so
3: I I guess yeah. I No, Honestly, you're part that's you're right.
0: part of the crew. You're part of the crew.
2: Yay! I degree know.
3: too because the comp sci degree got me thirty-five yeah. or like almost more than halfway to a comp or to a math degree. So I just went back and got my math degree.
1: Yeah, that's after, that's after,
3: exactly. yeah, yeah. And you, then, go,
1: you go computer science. Like a lot of people don't understand, computer science is basically just some applied mathematics degree towards computer mm-hmm. programming, and then Especially you go in back. The 90s. And then you have so much math and science from those two degrees that you can go back and get natural science.
3: <laughs> I went back a third time and got an English degree. That's the that's the weird one. What? So, What kind of sci-fi are you writing, I guess, is the question. Uh, it's about people who live in a submarine and they're the last five people left on the planet. And it's kind of an allegory to Pandora's box because they are the last hope of the world.
2: Please oh my tell, me God, whoa, really whoa, tell us more about that.
3: Huh?
1: Yeah, tell us more. Oh. And it better be incredibly gay. <laughs>
2: it's
4: submarines. Come on. There's no food coming in or out. There's no air coming in or out. Everybody shares the same
1: spaces. There's got to be there's something gay. Happening. No well, there is air that in it. that's made on the boat.
3: Uh, there's no romance in it. It's Aww. purely science fiction.
1: Well, asexuality is part of the queer community, yeah. so... Sure. Yeah. Too- it is still a gay book. Yep. <laughs> 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 the a LGBTQIA+ that's is the next not for step.
4: Guys, let me tell you, the next step in activism is trying to get uh, the people who are mad at LGBTQIA, etc., uh, mad at children's books that include asexual character. That character did not explicitly
1: have sex in this book. That's an yeah. asexual character. We can't have that representation no. for kids. You see, I, I've I been thinking though. about this, about making, like, a satirical trans character who's basically um, kind of, like, psyopsing some of these uh, righty movements, and that would be one of them I've actually considered. Like, there's this, they're not having sex with a man or a woman in a kid's book.
3: I think that would like, be brilliant. The, there's, no, there's no romance in it. There is procreation. Like, but I don't Play it up as romance. There's five people on this boat. There's five people worth of uh, food. I got you. There's. They have a kid. What's gonna happen? There's oh my no god! Sex is this like the 100?
2: Kid. Oh my god! Is it like the 100? Like the eating, eating thing? Oh my god! I love that vibe. I yeah, because they have to
3: decide who's going to. uh You know, are they gonna? Are they gonna share the burden and everybody eat you know, a little bit less? And then are they gonna? With the baby or is somebody going to step out the airlock or what's going to happen it's kind of the main driving factor of the novel is (laughs) they have a
1: kid looks like meat's back on the market (laughs) boy this is all
3: science i pulled from real life like people can live in these submarines under the ocean for decades at a time yeah, with it regenerative air. electricity from ocean waves and algae and bacteria, they can grow down there.
1: Well, they don't need um. So a lot of them are nuke powered. So you know you don't have to refuel those for like fifty years at the least. So with the newer ones, a, a sub can stay underwater indefinitely. It makes its own air. It filtrates its own stuff uh, for for water. Um, you just go up for a sit rep, or not a sit rep, uh, a vert rep. You go up for a vert rep for your food, and then you go back so
3: under. In the world they're in, they can't go up. They're mm. underwater permanently. If they go to the surface, it's poisonal radiation. I don't actually specifically mention in the book, but a pulsar passes through our solar system, and they oh, are holy. underwater when it happens, and everybody gets... cried. You know, fried. Have you seen
2: the 100, Sabrina? What's that? Have you seen the television show, The 100? Yes. Oh, my God. I like that. I like that's like, the space and that submarine. I think that's, they're on the earth, but they're but they're trapped to one part of it. I think that's so
3: cool. Yeah, i came with this idea when Sequest was a thing. Oh, yeah. And I've rewritten the novel three times since then, because I, I wrote it once chronologically, and I hated the way it ended, and I thought, well, what if I do it more character-driven instead of, chronologically. And I rewrote it kind of like how Catch-22 is, where it's just short stories that kind of fit together at the end. Didn't like that. It felt too disjointed. Rewrote it again, more about the themes of hope, life, you know, all the allegory to Pandora's box, you know, fear, anger, all the emotions. And then each chapter was about those emotions for the characters. So it was stories about those characters going through that emotion.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's been the third version, and the one I pretty much like the most. But
4: Yeah. Well, are you looking to get it published? Or are you still just oh, in yeah.
3: development phases? I'm still trying to – I've been trying to get it published. I haven't been as hardcore as I have been. But um, I've sent letters off. I've gotten 200, 300 rejections which I've got, you know, author friends out there and they're like, okay, good. That's a good start. 200? Yeah, that's that's a, that's beginner numbers. You got to pump those up. (laughs) Keep submitting. Well, I don't know. And then there's the whole, you know, um, coming out story that I wrote in 2017. That was basically a alternate version of my life as if I had transitioned in like 2001. And, um that was kind of like my coming out story, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I wrote that basically for a NaNoWriMo, if you guys know what that is.
4: Oh, yeah. I've done that before. Yeah, yeah.
3: And uh, the first draft was for the NaNoWriMo. And then I went back and worked it out. And then about a year later, I gave it to my mom and said, here, read this. This is about me. And she read it. And she's like, well, what does this mean? And I'm like, Mom, that Sydney's me. And, oh, oh. You know, kind of a thing, and um, she under she kind of understood it was kind of weird because she was just kind of like over her head. She asked the the questions that all people boomers do: "Is are you going to get it cut off?" And I'm like, "That's not the first question you ask."
4: Yeah, you know, a little bit more. Like, well, how can I show respect? Would be a you know yeah. Like, yeah. do you want me to call you she her? What's the name preference? Would be a good start, not just the. Yeah, we don't skip to yeah, that. My mom asked that question when
1: I came out to her, and I was just like, "Well, mama, is um, is my stepdad circumcised?" And she's like, that's a weird fucking question." And I'm like, "Huh? Oh, maybe we yeah, shouldn't yeah. immediately jump to genitals."
3: Mm-hmm. She thought I was going to just start being a different person. She thought I was going to be like walking around in pink frilly clothes and just. I'm like, "No, I'm the same person. I just want to be." go by she hers. And I mean it took a couple years after I gave her that story for you know me to actually start the transition after that. but um, she's known since I don't know for at least five six years now was the first person in my family that knew um, most of my family now knows there's one aunt I can't get in contact with but I need to tell her next. but all my brothers and sisters have known all of them seem accepting. I know mean, I, I know my sister and my brother, uh, my younger sister, my older brother, for sure. My older sister, she was like, "Well, that's cool," and then nothing. So she's the one I was always worried about. But
4: so you say um, that, like you wrote it from the perspective as if you had transitioned in two thousand one. Would you say mm-hmm. there's some setback, or have you ever like attempted or desisted or or detransitioned or tried anything like
3: that? Oh no, no. okay. I am not going back. This is okay. That's, these have been the best eight months of my adult life
4: aren't they just
3: oh my god right? like i understand that there is a you know what's going on in the politics could you imagine what this eight months would have been like if we wasn't if they weren't trying to you know to oh, keep this positive? god <laughs> i i uh since
2: transitioning i've been i think i my transition be like just like hand in hand to me is, is this podcast so it's very uh just thrown into the activist role and I I don't know. Well, I have to wait until the summer comes because I'm not in the sunny San Diego where it's nice and sunny all the time. Are you? And so I have to uh, s- deal with the cold. And I went. I'm waiting for the summer to come to see how life will be now in the second year. Uh, and and maybe that it would be better. And maybe like there is life that won't be because I don't have any Saturdays off. But I'm excited to try to see what life would be like. Um, I did have a question, but I forgot it. I'm sorry. Let me think of <laughs> it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I had a few people when I was initially coming out tell me, oh, you're going to regret it. And three years in, the only thing I regret is not doing it sooner.
3: <laughs> I don't regret doing it sooner. I did the best I could with the information I had at the time. If that, I'd gone it, back with the knowledge I, think... I have now, at four years old, I would have said, mom, I'm a girl. I want to be a girl. Mm-hmm. And I would have transitioned before I even started kindergarten. But I didn't know that then, and I can't regret that because I did the best with what information I had, you know, and it sucks, but I was the safest, and I felt the most comfortable to do it now, and that's why I'm doing it now.
4: I I agree. Yeah, that Like, we can kind of just say we did the best that we could with the resources we were given, and not not Mm -hmm. hate our past selves or not resent what we've been in the past, but just understanding that that all of it built up to – our current state of, of happiness, acceptance, joy, et cetera, being able to be more social is, is one of the superpowers that I've found for sure. Um, from, from estrogen, um, before I, I started hormones, I still went to the support group, but I couldn't really feel like I could open up at all. Do you feel like that's helped you with making any kind of like emotional shift shift or change with hormones?
3: Oh yeah. Finding embrace was the, best thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, um, and I was trying to figure out why it was, because it's not the first support group I found. I, I tried another support group close to five or six years ago. They just never gave me what I needed, or I wasn't ready for what they gave me at that time. I don't know. Um, that first time I walked into Embrace and everybody called me Sabrina, and I didn't have to introduce myself because everybody knew already. That was what did it. I, I was thinking about what did it. And it was the fact that they would have those meetings beforehand. And they would ask me, what name do you want to go by? And as soon as I walked through the door, they're Sabrina. And I was just like, whoa, that hit weird. I like that. <laughs> you know, because I was fully well ready to walk into that support group using my dead name, dressing my old way, and then just, you know, feeling it out that way. And the first time I showed up, I was in a t-shirt and shorts you know, boy mode to the extreme. And that second time I showed up Sabrina and I've never looked back.
4: I took the opposite effect. First time I showed up, I tried to throw on all of the girl clothes that I could possibly fit. And it was in the middle of winter too. So I was like trying to cover up all my bits. I had not had time to shave my legs and all of that. And I'm just sitting there nervous and sweating going, Am I supposed to be here? <laughs> Am I really supposed to be here? Is this the place for me? But I knew I had the conviction, you know, what I wanted to do and all of that. But uh, yeah, still like all of the hormones in me kind of just screaming out to tense up uh, to kind of grit my teeth and not share, you know, what what I wanted for my future. It's been a lot more opening to, to be able to mm-hmm. express myself emotionally and, and things like
3: that for me as well. But that's also part of my transition, too, is I never really felt dysphoria for being a boy. It was the euphoria I got from presenting as a woman that now I go back to if I, you know, because I'm not out at at like work because it's all online and I don't want to deal with the drama that's going to happen because I've already had arguments because I put they, them in my profile. And uh, so, you know, going back to that bugs me now a lot. Well, I know what for is me, it
1: it work, is. and you're right. It becomes a nightmare, especially if you don't know. Like my work, the policies on certain things weren't public, so mm-hmm. I would get people harass me in the restroom. And at the time, you know, I try to handle it diplomatically. But a Lucy diplomatic uh, handling is, "Oh, that's cute. You're trying to annoy me. I will crush you."
3: So and it, was, I, it wasn't quite like that. It was somebody said something and used the wrong pronoun. I was I was training. I'm a trainer for the where I work. And it was a class and it was all on Zoom and we don't use cameras or anything like that. And um I have my pronouns in my profile as they them. And one person said he to the trainer or to me well I, I wasn't even on the zoom call i shut it off and went into the other room to get another cup of coffee and i came back and they were arguing over the fact that one person called me he and another person was like it's they them they have them in their pronouns how can you be so disrespectful and they were you know arguing it up and we had to sit down and have a little talk with the the management because you know they were pretty heated and I just wasn't even involved, really. I just wasn't in the just other room. Walked
4: away and they just blew up yeah. by themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least so, you know that you're on their, on their mind, I guess, huh? Yeah.
3: You're living. They in know. It's trip. just that, you know, I don't want to cause any more drama than I have to there.
4: That was my perspective when I started. Mm-hmm. I don't want to cause any drama. Just everybody respect me as you can, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now I'm kind of like, and no, i really do want to be respected i really do like the respect yes. yeah so i'm going to go ahead and ask for it and if you don't give it to me then that means something to me you know yes
3: well
1: i understand mistakes but if, if you're not going to put some respect on my pronouns or some respect on my good goddamn name you expect me to be a problem
3: well we were in a zoom call of the other day and a team meeting and i spoke up and they said who said that and i said sabrina oh shh. Yeah quickly muted my mic and they're like who was that who was that and i didn't say a word and i just sat there and then my boss afterwards like is that going to be the new name and i'm like yeah <laughs> so i've accidentally done the work already so they know it's coming i'm just waiting for the final paperwork where it has to be legally in their system to actually mm-hmm. go in and change honestly
4: it. i would suggest just ask first um yeah ask I, first. I, I, where
1: I thought the same thing in my work was like yeah we'll
3: do this for you <laughs> Well, yeah. yeah, I've got management knowing that, but I'm not telling everybody. You know, the people that need to know will know, and the people that don't, I don't care. That's, Wait, right. that's no, how I
1: they can learn it through the grapevine. That's what I
3: did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's how I deal with people out in public. If I get misgendered by some random dude in a trucker hat, I don't care about him, and I don't care what he calls me. It's just, but if somebody I know and you know, I'm, I respect them, and they misgender me, that hurts. But, mm-hmm. just well, for me, I,
1: I taste of their adversarial nature. They'll be like, well, for instance, uh, Ari and I went to a wedding and somebody um, got upset that I was using a restroom. Random person who thought that their friends would back them up. I then th- explained to them that I use the restroom. And if they want, I will flush them down the toilet with my next shit. <laughs> it just, mm, the, their fuel, their hate. Is the fuel,
3: and it burns the brightest, and it burns so clean. I've just got that that mentality of I don't give a damn, whatever. You know, you do you. If you want to be a, you know, a bigot, go be a bigot over there. Just don't let me have to look at it. You know, no, I was I, I was working
0: uh, in person when I was when I started transitioning, and I was on HRT for about eight months before I came out publicly. And I came out publicly at that point because um, by then it was like too obvious to hide what I was doing. And people were asking questions and giving me confused looks. It's like, okay, I guess I'm going for broke here.
1: Yeah, for you it'd be very hard to hide what you had going on. Like, (laughs)
3: especially now. I just- six months on HRT, I'd already gained five inches around my chest yeah mm-hmm. so I, I was hiding. shocked
0: how, how quick that change happened
1: <laughs>
3: yeah you're like was. walking
1: around with these two mountains on your chest like no i swear i'm a boy
3: yeah i can wear i can wear my hoodies and like layer up and they'll still show and i'm just like okay well i guess we can't do that anymore so
2: mm-hmm. luckily i'm bigger so i i can get away if i wanted to you know i'm bigger so i can get away with hiding that but i kind of my journey's a little different i kind of just uh left the entire state and was gone for six months and then decided to come back and be like oh hi so and then just casually people in my life find out and you know if I, I encountered somebody i had not talked to in two years and they were like oh, i can't call you that i respect you but i can't call you that and i was like then you can go ahead and like exit because that's not we're not going to play that so it's you respect but you're not going to call me my name that's not something Anyway, that's, uh, that's, I just kind of left and then came back. That was always, I always dreamed of one day going to the mountains and finding my name and then coming back and being like, I'm enlightened. I,
3: didn't
2: realize it <laughs>
4: I have been to the mountaintop and lo, Caroline has
2: descended. I have come, uh, yes. It's just one you just to, you have
1: to, how long did Siddhartha Otama live out in the woods? What was it, like 40 something days on like bird poop and seeds? That's what you have to do to find your name.
2: Yeah. Oh my god! I did that. I anyway. That's why it's not my. It's not Did you yeah. eat bird poop and seeds?
0: Lucy, is that is that how you do it? Because I I just catfished guys on Tinder with the name Aria, and I was like, yep. Like it. <laughs> the, the
1: way I did it was I, I was hunting through hunting my, for my name amongst a bunch of baby seals. And then when I found one that I thought would stick, I went to a Starbucks and used that as an order. And then when they when say the name, if I didn't like it, I'd be like, and the important part is not to give a shit about anyone else's faces, just your own interior feelings, because you know, fuck other people. Who cares? They, they don't exist. They're just NPCs in the game that you're the main character. Exactly. Um, I waited till I found something that was like, ooh, I like that. Ooh, I, 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 yeah, no I more seal them. something for
3: me. See, I've known my name since I was a little kid. My mom, like I love stories of people's names, even like cis people's names and why their parents chose it. But um my names were my grandpa's names on both sides. And I asked my mom when I was like five what I would have been called if I was a girl. And she said, Brina. Aww. And... Because that was my grandma's name, was Verbena, like the flower. And I would have been Verbena Agnes instead of what I was. And um, I didn't like Brina. Made me sound like I was gonna be a middle school softball coach. Brina. And, uh... <laughs> hey, Brina. But us, Ver- in kindergarten, Brina, where's I met the shorts? Sub- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And There's we got she was like my first you... friend that I had outside of my family. And we were friends for maybe about two and a half weeks, and then she moved away, and she became this like mysterious person in my mind. And I was like, I could go by Sabrina and just shorten it to Brina, oh. and that doesn't work because everybody sat shortens it to Sabby now. So, and I've what? gone by that for so long that it's Abby. second nature. Bobby, so
2: uh, I don't like nicknames. i I've, I've never been. I grew up with nicknames in high school. They always called me. My dead name was similar to some famous rappers, so they would always, you know. They... Anyway, I, I my, my name I had heard since I was a child. It's just the it form of a song. So that's, that's interesting that, that, that you've had similar experience in that, that you've known your name. I I didn't know that that would be my name, but I, I, that was the name that I, I thought to myself, what other name have I heard most in my life? And I thought, oh, well, this song I played since I was
0: seven, of course. It must be, so.
1: Car- Carol-
0: Caroline's dead name is Tupac, confirmed.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was like just Biggie Smalls. LL Cool J. <laughs> oh, ladies love Cool James. Now, My
4: uh, my dead name, I uh, happen to share with a serial killer of fairly famous serial killer. And I don't want to give myself away. It doesn't share anything with the screen name that I've got right now or anything. Uh, But yeah, I I, uh, googled myself for the first time. And that was a really big moment of discovery that I would never really uh, overcome like uh, somebody else's really bad history, really shitty actions. uh, Yeah. So uh, I, I never really put a whole lot of purchased into my own name but it never really quite felt like mine but uh athena came to me when i was lying down in a depression and it just was like this is something i can latch on to this is an identity that i want this is a person i can be who is kinder who is more caring who's more compassionate and that's what i built my identity around
1: i see i feel um for the nickname portion i am i actually go by my nickname my nickname is lucy or if we're really close, I've had some people use Lulu. Not just one, like uh, our friend Ronnie Aria, but like several have been like
3: Lulu! Lulu!
1: But it's mainly Black folk who use Lulu.
2: I never encountered, I, I I had a name where it was very easy to pronounce, and so then coming into transition, my name now is pronounced many different ways, and I and I find that to be Hilarious when people say Carol, and I'm like, oh, I don't know you get that, but
3: that's... Is it buggy when people call you Carol?
2: Oh, my God. My, yes. my, 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 I had a family member that, re- that was just, you know, they were like, oh, Caroline, I want to start Carol. And I'm like, okay, but like, no. the thing is, so I'm like, less than a year, into this was a while back. And I, I said, you know, it's very difficult to be having multiple names being heard when I'm trying to create Caroline. And so it'd just be very nice to be addressed as Caroline and nothing else. So like not Carol or, or anything like that. So that I absolutely hate Carol. It's oh, ugh, I'm not Carol.
1: I think my, my son's name is Nathaniel. Well, one of my kids' names is Nathaniel. And like, if you call him Nathan or Nate, he will attempt to pop you in the jaw. So completely understand that. He's like, no, nah, no, nah. the name is Nathaniel. Say the whole fucking thing like you're trying to call quest.
3: Yes, I love that. I tell people they can call me Aria. Friends could call me my my dead name's shortened version.
0: I tell people they can call me Aria, Ari, or AJ. No one calls me AJ.
1: That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, I know I'll have to start calling you. (laughs) You'll
3: be the only one. (laughs) Just don't call her late for dinner.
1: (laughs) Oh no, no, she's the one who cooks. And don't we all know why. why. I don't know. Don't be talking about my
0: cooking ability. Your
1: cooking
4: ability is
0: great. Just don't don't hype me up. Don't I could
1: burn a bowl of cereal. This this girl over here is sitting here making like a 10-course meal and it all tastes <laughs> fucking fantastic. And I'm just like, damn. I like I, I I fucked up this sandwich, and all it is is peanut butter and fucking jelly, and somehow it's burnt. <laughs>
0: Each week on the Trans Narrative Podcast, we want
4: to highlight a piece of the bigger stories that impact our lives, the laws and attitudes and cultures that can help or hinder us as transgender people in the United States. The stories that cisgender people want to tell for us or about us are going to be missing in critical details. They won't help us to clear up our perspective. We want to show how we've struggled, how we are struggling, and also how we will overcome.
1: Hello there, lovely listeners. As you know, by this incredible voice and just domineering personality, the person you're listening to is Lucy. Lucy Balzano, the one, the only, the great. So I wanted to talk to you today about a certain bill that has come um, kind of to life. I'm sure most of us in the queer community are already aware of it. Um, It's a Tennessee bill passed by Bill Lee, a man who has done drag before, but wants to eliminate drag for the rest of his state. This person has worn drag to the extent that they're now trying to hide it. And some actual GoFundMes have been raised, one of which made $61,000 in order to post billboards of the drag-wearing governor. Now, the crazy part, well, let me refrain from using that, it is bit ableist, the strange part about all of this is the co-governor slash lieutenant governor my apologies the lieutenant governor of tennessee recently was caught watching femboy twitter and don't get me wrong i love me some femboys especially on twitter because you know what you can get away with granted i stopped using twitter after um musky boy took it over but the lieutenant governor, uh, a person by the name of Randy McNally, was caught liking and posting on fanboy Twitter, one of which was, I'm not going to say the person's name because, you know, they deserve some respect, unlike these Republican politicians. But you could turn a rainy day into rainbows and sunshine. Yeah. Imagine being so hot that you help a bigot get caught in their bigotry. Not gonna lie. Envious. Very envious. Now, what we're also seeing in this bill that I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to is the fact that this is not necessarily targeted at just drag. The wording of the documents. They are so vague that it is akin, akin to the last thing I spoke about, SB 357. As a black person, I can tell you that a lot of these laws that are put out there that are incredibly vague, those laws aren't really there to help you. What happens is it's just vague enough to where a cop can go on a fishing expo- expedition and you can be hemmed up for it. That's not something that you want. For instance, with SB 357, which was a bill in California that recently got appealed, repealed, sorry, anytime a cop saw somebody standing too long, they could be considered loitering with the intent of prostitution. In in other words, being an escort, a sex worker, one of the oldest professions. Well, they would use this on primarily trans people, especially black trans women. And what they would do is they would hem you up, book you, and charge you. You wouldn't necessarily, you know, get... Like a charge, you wouldn't catch a a charge, but you would be in jail for a bit. And as someone who's been to jail multiple times, I can tell you this is just not something that you want. When I went to jail, trans people were not treated very well. (laughs) Just they weren't. We'll go into the details of that later, maybe for another time. But what would happen is, you know, there's a disruption in your life. You go to jail, you're maybe in for however long until a judge can see you. You might lose your job over that. All because somebody saw you and thought, "Mm, this law is vague enough that I can go on a fishing expedition. And that's what they would do. Well, that's what's most likely going to happen with these laws. 32 states now have decided to follow in Tennessee's lead. There are 32 states right now that are battlegrounds, not for presidential candidates like the Huge or for the House or the Senate. No, right now, at this very moment, there are 32 states that want to make it illegal. For somebody to be seen as a man or a male and or a female impersonator, which is interesting because none of these criteria are something that you can prove on a spec. None of these criteria are something that you can prove without using expensive equipment. I know some people who have XXY genes. I know some people who have XX genes or chromosomes, and those chromosomes still give them the phenotypical presentation of a guy. So I don't know how they plan to, to do this outside of using it for harassment, but that's exactly what they want to do. They wanna harass. In the meantime, all I can tell you is to stay vigilant. We know there's a lot of attacks on the queer community. Um, A very good example was a recent proud boy being assaulted at a drag time story hour. Well, we should say allegedly because it was caught on camera, it was caught on film. According to this Proud Boy, he was there to help children and help people. But is that really the case? I don't really think it is. I think he was there to cause trouble. And I feel the evidence supports that's exactly what he was trying to do. He and some of his other Proud Boy associates were arrested But I don't want you to stop and think that the police are on our side because they are not. They will be the people who will be enforcing this bill. They will be the people who will take this with no nuance that'll be in your favor. They're only going to be using this to get you in trouble. You need to be vigilant, you need to band together, and you need to take action. Because no one's going to come here to save us other than ourselves. Now, I know in recent times, it's gotten to the point where it looks a little bleak. It looks a little, you know, it's hard out there. I understand this quite well. For me, I use it as fuel because... Let's face it, like hate, it's a tasty fuel that burns bright. But with all these going on, it's easy to lose hope, and you shouldn't. A new study, well, I guess it's not really a new study if it was from last year, but both last year and this year, there have been studies done to check to see the American uh, populace's ideas on. The, as they refer to it, transgender issue. Do you feel that, um, essentially, are you opposed to the protections that are being uh, given to trans people? And only 10% of the population were opposed to the protection of the existence of myself and the rest of this cast and crew. As well as many of the listeners, who obviously are most likely trans as well. Only 10%. The group that was neither did swallow up a big portion of the people who were opposed. And now it's only 25% of the people view or hold a sense of they don't care. Which I prefer the apathy than the opposition solely because if you're apathetic, you will leave me alone. I'm not even in your mind. And then obviously the remainder, well, I shouldn't say the remainder all the way. There is some points that haven't been, you know, tallied or score plus rooms for error, but 64% held a favorable light of trans people. I need you to let that sink in. 64% of the people out there don't want to do you harm, not intentionally. To me, that intent is, imp- is important. It doesn't mean I'm going to let things slide just because they meant good things or they held good intentions. To me, my level of response is based on your intent. If you're a jerk and I have to correct you, then I'll correct you in a jerky manner or a d- domineering manner. But if it's a, a, just a little accident, I won't be as mean so let that sink in i know it looks scary literally 32 states wanting to ban us under the guise of oh well well, won't someone think of the children but hopefully common sense and goodwill will prevail because if not well well, <laughs> some of us just we're always ready for combat. So I think
4: oh. Oh, I was gonna say um well, I wanted to kind of just like uh, ask you said that you there were kind of some barriers for you whenever you were uh, thinking about first transitioning. If there was anything you could uh, advise on some of the tactics or tools that you were able to
3: use to overcome that, really. Here's the barriers that I faced is when it came out to actually transition. The pandemic uh, was the big one because I decided I was going to transition, like actually actively do it in about 2019. And I started my weight loss journey because I knew that had to be first. And by the time I lost about 100 pounds, I was down to like 270. It was this time 2020. All right. I decided I was going to call a doctor because I was down below that weight limit that the internet said that I had to be to start hormones. And I called a doctor here that was recommended on the the WPATH website, the World uh, Pathological Association of Transgender Health. I think I can't remember what the P stands for, but um, they were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get you uh, an appointment. It'll be in August. This was in March. And I was like, I don't want to wait till August. All right, So I passed. There were other doctors on that list. I was going to go try them first. Pandemic started. Uh, all the doctors booked up. I went and saw another doctor here in town. I really didn't like him. He was a pill pusher. Found out later that from other people that, yeah, he was not a good person uh, for a, for a doctor. Um, that August rolled around and I said, well, why didn't I make, you know, a, uh, An appointment with her anyway and then just waited and if I didn't find any better I'd still have the appointment so I was like dang it I should have called them back the appointment now would take me to the next April this was in August I was like oh gosh so I was like fine if I find somebody else I find somebody else great come around to the next year's 2021 now no 2022 now and um, finally get to where March or April rolls around and I get a notification that that doctor had a a conference that weekend of my appointment and they had to move it. So now my appointment was gonna be in November of 2022, last year. I was like, no, 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 no. And then I found the APO. It's the age project of the Ozarks. And they got me my first round of hormones, which got me started. And I kept calling that doctor every single day until I finally got an appointment with her in August. Cause, and that was, you know, a lot of it is, um, just persistence, you know, be persistent. I didn't want to, you know, give up on it right off the bat. I just knew it was going to take time. Gotta be patient, but same time, gotta be persistent. It's going to take time. It's not going to be something that just happens overnight. I mean, my weight loss journey has redefined how I think about things because I used to just expect, you know, I tried before and I would just fail because I didn't see results in the first two weeks. And when I started this last time, you know, with Weight Watchers and stuff like that, I didn't see, you know, results in the first two weeks, but I didn't give up. I just kept going because I knew one day – I was going to be here. And then I started seeing results. And that motivated me more. And then I started seeing results. And that motivated me more. And I started running. Like it would wind me to run across my parking lot like less than a hundred meters. I was dead by the end of that hundred meters. This week I ran a mile and a half for the first time in my entire life. And I just, you know, think about. The, the awesomeness that my life has been since I've made this journey, and it's just really about staying positive. I mean, if you know, you're doom scrolling on TikTok, and you're getting sick and tired of listening to all the bad news, stop for a minute. Go do something positive for yourself, you know? Go find uh, some sort of, you know, positive, affirmating activity. You know, go run. Go walk, you know? I just get out of your head for five minutes and just, you know, fight the urges that you have to, you know, give up. It's really the only thing I can suggest is just persistence because it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of time.
2: Sabrina, when you, you know, you had mentioned earlier that you were joked that, you know, why would somebody, you know, make that, make this big decision during in the face of, you know, legislation attacks and and the whole world just, you know, so what was that like, you know, in the, during the pandemic, as you were beginning to really, you know, take
3: this serious as, as this was going to be a part of your life, what was that like? When I got my first dose of medicine, I, you know, was like, everybody was like, I didn't even take it. I didn't even get out of the pharmacy before I took the medicine. I took it right there in front of the pharmacist. I was apprehensive. I got it and I brought it home and I set it on my desk and it was just the pills at the time. And I was like, I got to go walk. And I went out and I walked and I was like, why, after years of wanting this, do I now have it? Why am I so reluctant to take it? And I walked for a good, I don't know, hour thinking about it. And it came down to the fact that I was going to be giving up privilege. And I realized that I was going to be. In a world now that shuns me and by taking that medicine i am starting that path and it's not going to be reversible and i said to myself on that walk "Fuck it i'm gonna do it came back took my first dose and haven't looked back
1: at this point in the interview uh we normally like to ask some very big questions um they don't need to have very big answers. It's entirely up to you. I mean, I,
3: asking so far.
1: Nope. These are our small <clears throat> potatoes. These are the big ones. Right. You got to watch out yeah. for the ones that are ready to yourself. Yet. So for me, I noticed um, you said that you don't um, regret starting earlier. For me, I do in a bit, and I use that as fuel to make sure that lots of people can see the visibility and know that the trans experience is real and that, you know, these kids aren't alone, these people aren't alone, these adults aren't alone, and that you too, um, uh, not uncle, auntie, auntie trans wants you Um to be free and be yourself. But I use that as my fuel for kind of like living loud and proud, living loud and authentic. I would like to know, like, what is your fuel that helps you carry on with what's going to be my next question as to like, what is your major goal? On a big spectrum <sighs> scope.
3: I don't have a new major goal. Like my major goal has been to transition and, and, I hit that last summer and really I haven't gotten a new one yet. You know what I mean? I'm still just in the process of doing that. Um, next like major goal maybe to like find a I don't know, maybe go back to school. You know, uh, get a get a creative degree that I could use or something like that. I don't know. It's kind of, you know, once you've achieved your goal, it's like the roadrunner catches the, uh, the, the, or the coyote catches the roadrunner in that cartoon, and he just holds up a sign and is like, okay, now what do I do with him, you know? I'm kind of in that mode where I'm just kind of like, the thing that I've been working to for the past 40 years is finally happening, and I just want to enjoy that, and then once I'm done with that, I'll move on. But maybe get something published, you know? So would you say that?
1: You're 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 not you're you right now you don't have a fuel since you don't have a goal. So you're just kind of like oh. using inertia to just enjoy that moment. Like exactly. you've yeah. reached through that last obstacle. You've uh, surmounted what you thought was going to be your Mount Everest event. And now you're just coasting a little bit. Would that be fair to say?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Coasting. Coasting is not the right word. Um. Well, I think. Pedaling hard. In...
1: What's up? Pedaling hard, keeping pace yeah you're just kind of like you're enjoying the moment like yeah a lot of people like to see a challenge they surmount that challenge and they don't take the time to sit there and be like good god exactly. damn, that was amazing i did a great fucking job instead they go and look for the next fucking mountain to climb they're yeah. like ah oh, i've mounted everest the biggest mountain in the world now i need to go underwater and mount the bigger mountain under the water
3: yeah. i just you know i've got goals but nothing is as impressive as you know what I've done over the last five years with weight loss and transition, all that stuff. I don't know, maybe start my own company, do something like that. Um, get published, you know, like I've said that several times, do something creative, start a, you know, Twitch stream or something silly like that. I don't know. I'm afraid
4: uh, AI has taken over all creative jobs, so your job will just no. be reviewing the creative output of AI.
3: Ours. Has not taken over just <laughs> just taken over all creative jobs. AI has been doing my job since 2008. I used to be able to charge five words or five cents a word to write these technical manuals, and now bots can do it, or they could do it even then. Now bots can draw pictures. So, that's nothing they new can to me. draw fingers, but they can't draw
4: fingers yet. <laughs> well, they can draw lots of fingers, just all on the
0: same mm-hmm. hand.
1: Yeah, they're great. like, this is a hand. Hi, how's it going? This is how humans
3: wave. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, just, so, Sabrina, I had they a...
3: steal from people, so, of course, if people can't draw fingers, they can't draw fingers. So, go
0: ahead. Yeah, I have a question, too. Um, so... We all, we all have our, our down moments. Uh, what What is something like a personal motto or expression or phrase or philosophy that keeps you going when you don't want to go anymore?
3: I don't really have one that I can think of. Um... more a sense of a feeling i guess you know Mm. um i used to get pretty depressed like most people who gone through this process used to and nothing would bump me out of it and uh, getting out and exercising helped because that made me feel like i was doing something to forward the goal, even if it wasn't not anything just to go walk around the park or something like that, or just walk around my apartment. You know, uh, that was really the big thing was just keeping that goal in mind. You know, everything I'm doing, everything I'm suffering through is for that goal. Uh, Spending, you know, my energy just to, just to meet that goal. And there were mornings that I didn't want to get up. I mean, I still have those mornings. We all do. It's just that they're not weeks of mornings. They're days of mornings like that. And I don't know, a specific motto or anything like that that keeps me motivated? No, nothing like that. It's just that just that sense of euphoria that I get from knowing that I'm working towards that goal. Hey, fair and valid. No mottos, just vibes. Yeah. Just vibes. That's perfect. <laughs> Just vibes.
1: Yeah. I have a whole bunch of vibes under my bed. I, oh, if I can... um,
0: uh, another question. Um, uh, what what is um if you could condense it into a few words, what is um based on your experience, what is something you would tell uh someone who is earlier on in their transition experience?
3: Oh, if I could go back in time to tell myself this, it'd be perfect. Because I used to sit there like on like reddit or the internet and just scroll through pictures of trans timelines and people that were just gorgeous now yep. and yeah yeah we all did that i'm there now i'm that person and you will be too one day just keep pers- it's it's about persistence like i said before you know it's not going to happen overnight it's not going to be it's just pick out one thing focus on that pick out another thing focus on that it's how I've taught myself to do all this stuff you know i would just um you know makeup i would just learn with mascara once i started getting comfortable doing mascara i started working with eyeliner once i got comfortable with that moved on to other things you know um it's the same with anything you're going to practice you know you just start small with one little task and just move from there when you get comfortable And I, you know, I used to, when I would go out and walk back when I was my, one of my heaviest people would pass me running or people would pass me walking and I'd get jealous and mad because they're, you know, ahead of me, but they're not any better than me. They're not any worse than me. They're just on a different part of their journey and stop comparing yourself to other people. You're only competing with yourself. That's That's the one thing I could tell anybody is stop comparing yourself to other people. You're only competing with yourself. Be a better person today than you were yesterday. Be a better person tomorrow than you were today.
0: Absolutely. And I have uh, one more question. It is the big one, so prepare yourself. (laughs) And there is a right and a wrong answer. Pineapple. What what is the best Star Trek series? Oh. No, nobody answered for her. (laughs) Athena I know you know. Mm-hmm. Are we t- Okay,
3: I was going to say in respect to like overall or like nostalgia factor. O- overall uh, cool, overall. Yeah. Overall, Space 9 hands down. Hey, that is yes. the correct answer. Yes. Preach. If you if you throw in the nostalgia value, TNG, cuz that's the one I grew up with. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, it was a tashi lot of Toshiyar was my first love. And then, I was inconsolable mm, for a month after she died. Like, no. just a wreck. <laughs>
0: R.I.P. Tasha,
3: we still yeah. love you. Spoiler, word, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched, TV spoiler alert <laughs> it's for this It's pretty early happened. on. It's been oh.
4: two decades, two and a half decades now. I yeah. think we're okay. I think we're what? okay. We all, all
1: know armis a... was a piece of, of well... I would say crap, but he was obviously a piece of goo. But, you know, like...
3: He was a literal pool of ink. Like, have you ever watched, like, the the behind-the-scenes where Riker talks about having to jump into that? Or not Riker, but Jonathan Frakes? Because Frakes did that. Like, he was the person in that goo. And, like, Denise Crosby didn't do it. Jonathan Frakes did. And he's like, that is the that is the worst sensation in your life, getting that ink out of every pore in your body because I had blackheads all over, is what he said. But I,
1: like, I, I don't I'm not trying to do blackface. I swear. I swear.
3: <laughs> exactly. But I mean, these face nine on order of magnitude as a whole series, thousand percent better. Than the, the yeah. visitor, the fifth season um uh, starting with uh uh, where Cisco gets like you know killed and he's pulled through time by Jake, and he yep. keeps coming back and you see. Oh my Jake god that grow was so heart wrenching and beautiful. That is god. the best episode of Star Trek ever written. Yep. All
4: right. Last big question for me is: uh, uh, Would you encourage people to find uh, local groups or support groups? Is there any resource you might recommend for people to be able to reach out and if they don't have anyone else uh, to say uh, talk about with these things to do?
3: The internet, yeah. Yeah.
4: The you know, I've there got, for sure.
3: yeah, I've got a support group that I help run on Discord right now and it's a buddy of mine who started it and he runs a, like a church school in another continent, on another country. And uh, kids were coming to him and saying, hey, what's this stuff all about? And he's like, well, you know, we can't really talk about it here because it's, you know, kind of that kind of place that he's living in. But he set up a Discord server for these kids to come to. And uh, they've got their own, you know, forums. They moderate their own stuff. But he's got a couple of us that join in. And I'm one of the people that do the trans stuff. So if we have a, one of the kids want to ask questions about trans stuff, they can come over to the forums that we're on and talk about it. And then, you know, it's just, you know, resources like that, I can never ever recommend just reaching out, finding people in your peer group you know that you can find for me, you know I started finding groups of people online in 2001 with with Second Life and I've still got friends that I made through Second Life to this day. Uh, I've made friends friends through Twitch I've made friends through World of Warcraft. I've made friends through you know Discord just everywhere you can find the people that you can relate to and make them an important part of your life. And then you'll have your own support group and you don't need a stupid name for it. You're Mm -hmm. just going to have friends. Yeah,
2: Sabrina, um, what's your message to, to, to our trans siblings, especially those that haven't started transitioning yet where they have the same moment that you have or the, the medicine, the, the medicine was sitting on the table and They haven't started it yet. What's your message to those people in that moment going forward?
3: Take your medicine, drink your water. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's the only thing I can say. It's not, you know, it's just, it's going to get better. It always will. It's just a moment in time and this too shall pass kind of a situation, you know, uh, It's hard to, to say that I've actually felt like I've lost privilege since I've gotten it. I know I have, but um, it's just, it's a scary step and you only got to take it. It's just really all you can do is just be brave and keep on going.
4: And as well as that, a lot of us, I think, will structure our lives around making sure that the transition is seamless. And by the time we get to the point where we're comfortable, there's not anybody in our lives we would find it uncomfortable to to express that. To uh, I've got family that still doesn't accept. Uh, some people, you know, still have that kind of that they hang on to. You've got an accepting family and friends in the in your circle that
3: you've kept together. That's I feel yeah. in stupid privilege for that. Yeah. I feel almost bad because I know. A lot of people out there don't have that. I I have a friend in Canada that I've made through TikTok, and her mom will not speak to her. And I, my mom was like, well, come on down. Well, you can be my daughter now. And it made her cry because, like, you know, it's just like a random stranger on the Internet was, like, more accepting than her own biological mother. And... But yeah, if it comes down to the motto, one thing I can say is be a better person today than you were yesterday, and be a better person tomorrow than you were today. That's and if we were talking about a motto, I bet you that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one I go by. That's so much fun. Thank you. I've got to go run. Literally, I'm going to go run right now. So,
2: on oh we'll your mind, we'll be, we'll be thinking of you as I do not run.
3: So. <laughs> oh, Sabrina, I I'm going to go match my personal best of a mile and a half, so.
0: God, I need a shower. Same. Uh, okay, hold on, my roommate. That, that, wasn't, that wasn't me rushing you. That was just me making a declarative oh. statement. I can smell myself. That's unacceptable.
1: <laughs> I only showered last night. I need to shower this morning and then mm. later... T-
0: Oh yeah, Lucy over here with her 16 daily showers being like, Oh my god, am I clean enough? It's like, yes, Lucy, you're clean enough, you're fine. It's only
1: three, two to three. Get get in my bed, you very hygienic bitch, you. It's not, I'm not clean enough, I must be clean. It all stems from the fact that I used to not be able to smell and I didn't know that people can't smell themselves.
0: Yeah.
2: Hey everyone, if you liked this episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast, be sure to subscribe, like, and follow. More importantly, share with your friends. Today's episode was recorded on March 18th, 2023, via Zoom. Today's show was co hosted by Aria Lackey, Athena Vermakis, Caroline Penny, and Lucy Bazzano. Today's guest was a Sabrina Linderman. This episode was edited and produced by Caroline Penny, developed by Caroline Penny in conjunction with Lucy Basano and Athena Vermakis. Research provided by Athena Primarkis Music provided by Infraction Music Titled Good Five Capturing Narrative Segment Brought to you by Lucy Balzano Capturing Narrative Segment Music And the music you hear now are produced by Athena Primarkis This episode of the Trans Narrative Podcast Was brought to you by Anchor The easiest way to upload a podcast Thank you for supporting this show For more details about this episode Go to the description link below You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. Subscription for exclusive content available at anchor.fm slash transnarrative. Episodes stream three times a week, Saturdays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays. If you'd like to reach out, learn more, be a guest, or are looking to get involved with the show, email us at transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com. That's transnarrativepodcast at gmail.com.